Welcome to episode four of Realist AudioCast. In this episode, I will be discussing the relationship between directs and their manager, and also describing some struggles I have recently dealt with in management. I'm going to address some of the mistakes that I've made and how I've now corrected those mistakes. I'm going to split up this topic into two parts so that I can remain within my time constraints. Near the end, I'm featuring a new segment titled that I announced on last week's episode. My wife will be sharing a stupid experience she recently had during one of her shifts while waiting tables. Let's get started. I'm going to begin with some background information to help you understand why I'm struggling with these particular situations. I became a manager at a locally owned restaurant approximately a year and a half ago. I have currently worked at the restaurant for seven years. I got the job when I was 16 years old and haven't ever regretted taking it. It's been the best start in my life that I could have asked for, but it also came with some challenges. I started work taking orders and filling drinks on the front line. I was a pretty shy kid, so this position gave me the opportunity to work with the public in an introductory level position by forcing me to speak to customers. I quickly learned that the general public is pretty picky and grumpy. About a year into my career at the restaurant, I was involved in a horrible car accident. My insurance skyrocketed to $500 a month. Because of this, I had to switch positions at my job to take advantage of more available hours to pay the bill. I was moved into the bakery. In this position, I was responsible for baking dinner rolls and various types of biscuits and desserts. I worked in the bakery for around two years before I learned to work the hot and cold sections of our buffet. My main position was still bakery, but I filled in on the other positions when I was needed. As I matured, I began to express to my manager that I would like to learn how to cook. Cooks are responsible for cooking all items off of the menu, which consists of 25 main courses and several side dishes. It's one of the most serious positions in the restaurant for a few reasons. We are responsible for cooking steaks correctly from extra rare to extra well. And we also cook other meats such as chicken and pork. We are expected to get every meal out in 10 minutes or less. None of this should be surprising. It's what you'd ideally want out of a well-rounded kitchen. But the stress of the job is there nevertheless. It's a job that is so simple a monkey could learn it, but it'd still be a stressed out monkey. We get a lot of complicated orders and we always aim to please the customer. Not many people can handle the demands of working in the kitchen in our restaurant. We often hire people who only end up staying for a week or two. We currently have a kitchen staff consisting of eight people. Three of those people are our main cooks. What this means is that based upon the number of people who order buffet versus those who order menu items, about 50% of the customers that we serve daily are served by one of three people. A big responsibility to the company is placed upon those three people. So the point is that it's an important job. After working in the kitchen for a year or so, rumors started going around that I was going to be offered a supervisor position. In the company I work for, the chain of command is this, from highest to lowest. General manager, manager, and then supervisors. Managers and supervisors do the same job, and only the pay is different. At this point, I had been working at the restaurant for five and a half years and could work every position. We had a couple managers leave the business, so it was only natural for them to consider me to help run things, as I had been loyal and hardworking, and I have a deep knowledge of how everything was supposed to be done. The company really tries to promote from within, rather than to bring someone in from the outside, for obvious reasons. But there are pros and cons to both ways, which is what I want to talk about today. Let's talk about some of the challenges I've dealt with in management and why some of those problems arose. One of the first things I faced stepping up from direct to a supervisor is my former coworkers disrespecting me because of my previous position. As cliche as it sounds, the employees of the company have become like a family because most of us have worked together for so long. My responsibilities changed and so I was expected to reprimand or write up people who used to be my friends and equals. 
I was never given direction on how to handle this, and I was never instructed how to properly handle an employee who was being insubordinate. We've always had a strict rule concerning cell phones and grazing. For those who don't know what grazing is, it's snacking on small amounts of food while working without paying for it. It's a small form of stealing. It's pretty obvious why we don't allow cell phones. We are paying for an employee's time. They shouldn't be doing any activity that does not benefit the company. A lot of our employees thought that because we had always been friends, that I would let them get away with things that they knew that they weren't supposed to do. When in actuality, if they were really my friends, they would respect me and my new position and wouldn't put me in a position in which I had to correct them. But they did, and I didn't. That is my first mistake. Even though I shouldn't have to get onto them, I should have. I let it go and overlooked it, not because we were friends, but because I couldn't believe that they would disrespect me like that. They don't think about it in that deep of a capacity, but it runs deeper than they think. It's very disrespectful. Most people would get mad and lash out, but it didn't make me mad. It hurt my feelings, and it made me disappointed in them. I struggled with this for a very long time, and I thought to myself that even though I shouldn't have to be getting onto those people for those things, it's my job. Wasn't it just as bad for me not to correct the problem as it was for them to be doing it? The fact is that I wasn't doing my job. I was being paid to make sure that my crew did and didn't do certain things, and I failed. How I corrected the problem was by talking to the owner of the company and my general manager. I told them how I had felt like I had learned to manage the store. I made sure it was very clean every night, and I made sure that we sent good food out to our customers and that they were pleased, but I had not learned how to manage my staff. I didn't know how to speak up and correct the issues I was facing, and I didn't know how to get the most out of my crew. The advice that I would like to pass along is this. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be scared to correct a problem you're having with your staff. You are the boss. You are the person that was placed in the position and the responsibility of doing what you have to do to make sure that you get things done. The worst thing that will inevitably happen is that one of your directs are going to get mad at you for a little while. If they get mad at you because they were doing something wrong, they're still wrong. You were just doing what you had to do because of the choice that they made to do something they knew they weren't supposed to do. And if they don't like that, they don't have to work for you. Someone who can't abide by simple rules such as staying off of their cell phone isn't an employee worth keeping anyway. I've also failed to provide feedback to my employees. How can an employee be held accountable for not doing a better job when their boss won't even approach them with an evaluation? They shouldn't. Directs expect their supervisor or manager to manage. I should have been the one telling them that I think that they could do a better job. I should have been able to recognize when they weren't doing what I expect them to do or to the extent and quality that I wish that they would have done it. A good restaurant starts with good management. That goes for any business. But what I did to fix this was this. I started providing feedback, positive and negative feedback, to my employees when they needed it. I started telling my staff, hey, I recognize that you went out of your way to perform this extra task without me having to ask you to do it. Or, hey, I think this would work better if we did it this way instead of that way, so let's do it better from now on. And it worked. I believe that if you are dealing with an employee who cares about their quality of work, all they need is a little nudge, but it requires you to take the first step. You have to communicate with your directs or nothing will ever change. Something I think managers need to realize that it took me a while to realize is that each individual is different and should be treated as such. Treating someone differently does not mean treating them unequally. Everyone has their own personality and therefore will respond to different forms of punishment and reward. You may have to be more stern with some employees than you are with others, or you may have to be more sensitive with some. It all depends on the person. I will tell you that something that rarely fixes your employee's attitude though is griping. 
I have found that communicating calmly that someone has not completed a task up to par is way better than telling them they suck and threatening them with punishment. Also, it's common sense that you should never speak to your directs about other directs. It's very unprofessional. Get ready for what everyone's been waiting for. It's time for... To start off, my wife is going to tell a really story. I was waiting on this table of cops one night. Gave them really great service. They were all really nice to me. While I was on break, the girl watching my section came up to me and said, Hey, this cop left you his number, but not one of the cops left me a tip. I, being a married woman, of course threw the number away, but even if I were single, I wouldn't have called him. I worked really hard, obviously made a good impression, and he still didn't leave me anything. It's not right. I only make two thirteen an hour. I think most people assume everyone else will tip so they don't think they need to, but believe me, all of us waiters and waitresses out there needed to be tipped. I'm not being selfish, I'm just trying to pay my bills. Okay, I'm gonna tell you why this is stupid. There are a couple reasons. Number one, they didn't tip her. One reason women want to be with men is for support. A normal person does not want to be with someone who can't or doesn't want to help pay the bills. That's a huge benefit of being married or in a relationship. She definitely would not call you even if she was single because she worked her butt off for you and you gave nothing in return. That really says something about you, even beyond your experience at the restaurant. Would a man like that ever give back for your hard work or would he one-sidedly take in everything that he does? Four men could not leave my wife even one dollar. And I know this is just part of the job and nobody's problem but mine or my wife's, but she's paid the bare minimum wage for a waitress in Oklahoma, which is $2.13 per hour. She is smart, pretty, and a dang good waitress. I know that their drinks were always full and that they had everything they needed because I was the manager on duty. Sometimes she will leave after a shift with $5 in her pocket on occasion because inconsiderate people don't understand that that's how we pay our bills. By not tipping your waitress or waiter for taking up space in their section at least, you are contributing to putting them in a position where they can't even pay their bills. $5 in tips per shift in addition to the $2.13 per hour that we pay our waitstaff averages out to actually making $2.96 per hour for a 6 hour workday. Nobody can afford to live off of that. So the point is, tip your waitress, even $1. Tip them. If you don't tip, you should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. Don't forget to bring money. Don't forget to put it on the receipt. Go ahead and assume that your dinner is going to cost you $35 instead of $30 if that helps you feel better about it, but leave them something or you're a sack of crap. And number two, he didn't even check to see if she was married in the first place. He not only disrespected my wife by doing this, but he disrespected me by trying to come between our marriage. He was inconsiderate of whether she was involved with someone because he thought she was attractive. I don't care if he thought being flirty was innocent and funny, that's not good enough for me. My marriage means more to me than anything, as it should most people, and he didn't even bother to check if he would be messing with that. That's pretty stupid coming from someone who is supposed to morally uphold justice and protect people. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to calm down, and I'm going to do my outro. Next week, I will continue with more issues concerning management. To suggest topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, email me at realistaudiocast at gmail.com or message the Realist Audiocast Facebook page. Subscribe to the Realist Audiocast feed on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash realistaudiocast or on iTunes to stay tuned in. And as always, thanks for listening.